Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Yeah, if you're using the brown Listerine, you're a terrorist. <laughs> you're, you've done some evil shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I've never thought about it, but now I'm right. like, yes. Mm-hmm. Osama, Brown Listerine. Uh, uh, uh. Timothy McVeigh. Yes, Timothy <laughs> McVeigh, Brown Listerine. I think if we really wanted to test people's character, if we wanted to get into like some minority report shit yes. and start predicting crimes ahead of time, all you have to do is wait Keep at the a list. Yeah. Keep a list of people doing brown listerine. It's like Sudafed. You know how you got to give them an ID if you want Sudafed? Uh-huh. You, should be able, you should have to get your ID if you get brown listerine. You got to write down your basic. We got to keep I need all file. your information. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to arrest you on spot, but you better believe the NSA is keeping track of your ass from now on. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another spectacular, devastating episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of black conspiracy theories and we work to finally answer that question, who the fuck is Herman Cain's ghost going to vote for? We need to know the answer to these questions. My gut is telling me Kanye. He seems like a Kanye man. That's the sense I'm getting, but we'll find out. Either way, we're happy that he's dead, and more importantly, we're happy to be here. I'm your host, Langston Kerman. I'm doing well. We are moving through this podcast, and every week I listen to myself, and I'm becoming more and more aware of my lisp, 
which I went to speech therapy class to get rid of as a child. And apparently it didn't work. Either that or my teeth are somehow rebelling against my tongue. Who knows? I'm not happy to hear it, but you know what I am happy about is my guest today. She's wonderful. She's hysterical. One of my favorite comedians. You know her from Two Dope Queens on HBO. You know her from her own podcast called Couples Therapy. She's hilarious. Give it up for my guest, Naomi Ekparrigan. Yeah. Oh, I love it. You got to manufacture applause because we, sure. we missed it in the <laughs> pandemic. So just give me a little bit of that. I went door to door and got a bunch of people to clap individually and mushed it all together. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. Langston, you look well. Good to see you you. over Zoom after all this time. It has been a while. We haven't. I I think the last time we saw each other was was Zooming probably a month ago. Was it? What happened a month ago? We did that 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 benefit show that you hosted. And you were very funny. I man. hosted, honey. Bless. I forgot. I forgot. I don't even know what you're referring to. Literally. You're not invested at all. I love that. I we were you. saving sick children and you are completely well, uninvested. I did my part. I did my part for the community. You know what I mean? I'm always, I'm just always of service so that I don't even think about it anymore. I don't even know sure. what I'm doing. I just show up. I suit up and I show up. Okay. The sacrifice is constant. Therefore, constant. there's no reason to just sit and remember exactly. one. Exactly. I got you. That's just it. I get it. How how are we doing? How are you handling things? Henny, I take two melatonin gummies a night, sometimes a <laughs> Pepto-Bismol chaser, okay? And I just, you know, I told myself, too, I was like, I'm going to use this time of quarantine. Oh, I'm going to come out so skinny. You ain't even going to recognize me. I'm about to get mm-hmm. snatched in choir. Girl, mm-hmm. went up a size. <laughs> went up a size. <laughs> and so... You know what I mean? I'm just trying my best. I feel like everybody sort of had that same sense of things, but I do think the people that are coming out of this buff or or skinny, uh, there's something wrong with you. You you. know what I mean? Like, you're going, like, why are you thriving in the middle of everyone else in chaos? Okay. Do you know I was talking to one of my friends, like, one of my best friends? She's in New York. And um, we were talking, and I was like, how you doing? And she was like, I'm doing great. She was like, you know, I don't really like to be around people. She's like, I'm in the house. I'm reading my books. Her and her wife just got two cats. She is literally thriving in choir. I was like, I'm going to reach through this phone and punch your ass. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Because she was serious. She was not trying to be funny. She was just like, I, I'm feeling wonderful. This is the best it gets for me. And and how dare she? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. how dare you enjoy yourself to that level? And even if you are, shut the fuck thank, up about it. Thank you. I'm like, Henny, yeah. you don't tell it. You don't tell it. You go, I'm no. fine. You say fine. You don't go to a funeral and brag about how cool your suit is. We all <laughs> see it. We see the nice suit. Focus on the dead man. <laughs> It's true. It's true. It was just it's like, oh, my God, my it's God. It's out of control. But we spoke and it took some work. You you struggled through the assignment, but you came back to me with a wonderful conspiracy <laughs> theory. I'm, I'm very happy for us to be digging into it. I feel like it's it's a, a conspiracy theory as old as time. Yes. yes, uh, yes, it's, yes. it's a an antique, if you will, of conspiracy <laughs> theories. But you told me. My mama told me. White people don't get cold. 
Yes, yes. I will say this, right? The slight adjustment, what she told me, the fact was really, you know, white people like it cold. They like mm-hmm. it cold. They love that cold in their bones. You know, and so whenever <laughs> I was going to a Caucasian household, you know, I brought a sweater. I was told to bring a sweater, bring a layer. If I was doing a sleepover, okay, you're taking the long pants. You know the white right. people like it cold. <laughs> so it was a lot of like that vibe. <laughs> so this was like, this was actually coming from your mother, first of all. That your yes. mother was, was in fact telling you this. Yes. And all of this was just in preparation for dealing with the white man's world. Look, Langston, I take a premise very seriously. If you tell okay. me the title of this podcast is my mama told me, I'm not going to tell you something I heard on the street. I'm going to tell sure. you what my mama told me. So. How And honestly, how dare I ask you to break premise? You're, you're an artist, and I appreciate that about you. But I love that. I love that you heard this from me. I'm mama. an artist. I'm a professional. So mm-hmm. now, as you know, I famously went to the Dalton <laughs> School, a private school in New York City, you know, apparently where Jeffrey Epstein taught. Hello. oh I... hold on. I'm going to pause you there. Well, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. But go ahead. Tell me more. So I started Dalton in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And that was like literally my intro to like being around white people because I grew up in Harlem. My dad's from Nigeria. My mom's from Detroit. My world was black. Okay, it was several kinds of black, Uh except for like (laughs) black on black. Exactly. I I always say like it's like Spike Lee plus the Lion King. We were giving you both (laughs) energies. Okay, an African moment, a Detroit moment. And like, but obviously through pop culture, you know, I knew like white people. And I remember Mm -hmm. thinking when I was going to start school there, I was like, I thought the white people would be nice. That's Mm -hmm. how they get you. And then I thought that. And I remember thinking white girls wash their hair every day because on TV shows, like more kid shows, like I remember Say by the Bell or something, where like one of the characters, like Kelly would be like, I'm washing my hair. And that would be the Mm -hmm. reason why she would like not go somewhere. Oh, that she wouldn't be able to go somewhere because she had to wash her hair that day. Right. So I was like, oh, they just wash their hair all the time. Those mm-hmm. were the facts I went in with. And then my mother, you know, very much in advance was like, okay, you're about to go to the school on Park Avenue. Uh-huh. We're going to have to just run through some basics, you know? And I was like, and like anytime I would say, I'd be like, oh my God, it's freezing at school. She was like, because the white people like it. <laughs> Come on now. Like, okay. Okay. Well, didn't know. Didn't know. Didn't know. This was on the starter sheet <laughs> I, I sent you with. Did you not read to the bottom? They're, they're, they're never chilly. They never. are con- They enjoy the cold they in their it. bones. I believe yeah. you said. Yep. They love it. I, that's so fascinating. The hair part I had not heard, but I did personally also think that white people wash their hair all the time because similarly in watching television they always left the bathroom drying off their yeah. hair after a shower yeah and i thought you know it's like always they're walking out the shower and they're like drying their hair before a phone call from the murderer comes right or or like the turban the girls always had like the towel turban where they're yep, like what? Exactly. what are we doing yeah. you know like gym class showers on TV. right they'd be washing their hair in gym and shit and black people would never do that i'm not showing up with shampoos and Right? And conditioners well, for did people even take I mean again, you know, because I grew up in the city versus like suburbs, like were were there actual do people actually take showers in gym class? Uh, I we did not take showers after gym class, but we did take showers after like basketball practice or like Okay uh, at school. You wouldn't just wait till you got home? 
Well, it, it was less of the practices and more of like sometimes we had to practice and we had a game and then we would just like be hanging out because we were trying to get girls to like us and shit. So, so you, you took a shower. You took a shower because you were musty from right. literally hours of running around with other musty people. I mean, the idea of practicing in a game seems too much. That seems overwhelming. Well, you know, I'm not active. You know, I'm not active. I'm famously sure. inactive. I, <laughs> so. I think what it was was a bunch of grown men making up for their lost time uh, <laughs> through us. Yeah. So they're like, we're going to turn you boys into machines. <laughs> Instead of being reasonable and being like, hey, man, I'm not sure that I'm built for this. I'm actually probably going to run a comedy podcast at some point. (laughs) I'm probably just going to be a silly Billy, so you don't have to run me quite as much. But did they, like, assume you were sporty? Because I know when I started, so I'm about 5'8". I was probably 5'6 as of age 11. So I was always, Uh like, so I was tall when I was young and then kind of stopped growing. But people were always like, you got to play basketball. And so they kept trying to get me to play, and it was like, I don't like competition. <laughs> I don't like sweating in public. There was an A team and a B team. I got on the B team and literally they were like, could you just like raise your hands and try to stop the ball? You know what right. I mean? Like they're trying to shoot it. And that was it. Cause I was like, I'm not here for all this. Like, why are y'all so intense? Why am I needing to stop the ball? This person they did want everything it. they wanted. They want it. He or she deserves the opportunity to put the ball in the basket. I feel that way. I'm very, like, I just was not, yeah, like, competition in that way never really kind of registered for me. Or, like, sure. the symbolism of, like, for the team, for the right. school. It's like, who cares? Does that remain now? Are you still? I'm sure you're. You're not doing sports. You're not. Right, you're right, saying right. you're famously. Yes. Not thank athletic. you for understanding. Famously. But do you not have anything in your life that you're like competitive over, or like a thing that you're well, like? Okay, sure, jealousy. But that's not the same as competition. <laughs> <laughs> I have dreams, and I wonder how other people have achieved them already so sure. quickly, so much younger than me. But I don't have this. Yeah, like you know, like the jealous, right? Where like I don't think other people. N- not most other people, mm-hmm. but I don't think most people like if they get something, I'm not like they shouldn't have it. I'm right. like, I just want it too. Why the fuck don't I also have that? exactly? It's not me being like, except for every now and then, you know, if you a TikTok star and then you oh, get a comedy special, then I get let, stressed out. Let me be clear. I'm a hater through and through. <laughs> so I, I be wishing the worst on people that I get along with fine. It's not even like we have a bad relationship, but it, oh, my soul ain't good. So I just be at home boiling. Have you, have you always? Because I don't think of you that way. You know, you're such a you have such a sunny disposition. You're well, like you know this like biracial Zach Morris giving us that man about town energy. You know what I mean? Giving us Colgate sure. smile, giving us queen wife. You know what I mean? You guys are coming through, evoking a Howard University energy oh, when you guys enter I, the room. No, nah, my my wife is the energy that that we present, and I am uh, an evil sort of like uh, guy twiddling his fingers at home, and she has to constantly be like, "Hey, man, maybe don't be this way." And I have to be like, "You don't get it. You don't get what I am." And then you know, I try to convince her to stay. That's pretty much the relationship. That's good. Well, that's good. She, she you know, she's staying. She wants to be there. She's staying. <laughs> I don't know how for how long, but apparently she's staying. Let me ask you this. Okay, we're we're talking about white people in cold. Oh yes. Uh were you put off 
in seeing their their behaviors in cold temperatures? Was this something that you were like, y'all are different than me? Or was this just like, oh, this is new? And oh, exciting? yeah, I thought it was psycho. I had a friend in college, I mean, in high school, again, also Dalton, he wore shorts every single day mm. in New York City basketball shorts, okay? Giving you a thin mesh moment <laughs> in December. <laughs> and I remember just being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Or like yeah. the kids who would, if they lived in the neighborhood, so not far, they wouldn't wear a coat. Because it was like, oh, well, I'm just got to walk 10 blocks. And it would just be right. like T-shirt. And you know New York is cold. Like it starts getting cold in New York in October. And Very it's pretty much early. cold until April. And right. so people, I was like, this is crazy to me. It was very, you, it was very crazy to me. Did you ever ask, like, why are you doing this? What, well, I what's would just the say, like, short are you for? not cold? And he'd be like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not cold. And I was like, are we really that different? You know sure. what I mean? I start, like, that's what it made me think. But I was like, how are you not cold? Meanwhile, I was somebody who, you know, New York winter, honey, my mom taught me, I was wearing tights under my jeans. Mm-hmm. you know like another layer oh, yeah. <laughs> so i was like and i'm like i'm literally freezing would keep them on all day not even right. like change when i go to no. school just in case that cold get up under there <laughs> i got get, another layer to protect me a wall and yeah that, that's the fascinating part i love i love what you said about are we that different because it is it's a scary revelation seeing <laughs> the way the whites have handled the cold for so many years mm-hmm. because we argue constantly that biologically we're not yes. that different as, as a species that like most of our arguments about race are purely uh built on like systems and hatred whatever but then you get to fucking November and you see the way people are behaving outside and you're like well maybe some of these eugenics claims are there's some some value there and it's not that they're smarter than us it's just that maybe their bodies are built differently than ours that we're not actually do they have duller receptors um Mm -hmm. as a result of not being beaten sure for 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 hundreds of years (laughs) perhaps the skin perhaps the receptors just don't sense the chill that's fair. I have to assume tender meat freezes at a different temperature I, than, I uh, believe so. than hard meat. <laughs> and they just got that hard meat that they ain't got... been beaten. It ain't tender. Honey, it ain't been tenderized is a nice way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you're seeing these kids walk to school. You're seeing them behave sort of uh, loosely, freely in the yeah, cold. Terrifying. And, and you're terrified. You're not really sure how to process this. Are are you then making choices to stay away from them? Is, is this a is this putting you off? Do you know what I mean? Like, is this a? I didn't have that choice, right? Like, because okay. they were the only people I could interact with, so it wasn't it wasn't that. It was just very. Um, it's just interesting, you know, when you're in a situation again as like the only black person or one of a few black people, where you're like, you almost feel a little crazy because there's not really anyone else you can talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So like, unless I go home and be like, oh my God, but it's like too late. You don't want to talk about how someone didn't wear a coat. That's not a good story. But right. in the moment, I'm like, this is wild, right? <laughs> and like, there's no one there to kind of say you're correct. Um, yeah, you can't go back to your mom like, mom, I've got a good one today. <laughs> they don't wear a coat. She's like, yeah, I don't know. That's not a great story. Yeah, you got to like, give them the hits. Right. Okay. But you, and this is interesting because you are married to or engage married yes, engage. engage which one are you honey 10 years strong you can just call it common law at this point you're common law with a white person yes who likes it warm can you imagine mm. i found someone it's funny though his 
Andy in general, his like hands and feet will be cold. Like I remember sure. the first time I held his hand and I was like, ah, you're freezing. Yeah. And I said, there it is. But he doesn't like to be cold. So he's like, yeah, I get cold really easy. He's like really into being toasty warm. Okay. I found the one. (laughs) He likes black women. He (laughs) likes being warm. This guy's breaking all the rules. Well, he says it's because he's Jewish. I don't know, but he's like, he's like, I really think he's like, we're in a liminal space. <laughs> I do think that there's probably some some truth to that. As a uh, as a half Jew, I I often find Are that you half uh, chosen. I didn't. Know I'm that. half chosen, and the other. Oh my part god! So wait, you're telling me you're pretty dad. rejected. <laughs> <laughs> one of wait. them's chosen. The other one isn't doing as hot. But you know, <laughs> we're trying. So your dad we, is a Jew boo. My dad is a Jew boo. Yeah. Honey. You yeah. should. I should have known this. I should have known this years ago. He, he married black twice, so you twice? know he, he did it twice. Yeah. Okay. First, okay. first one better than the second. Not a fan of the second one, but that first <laughs> one, she's a nice lady. Where did he grow up that he uh, was so keen to take black lovers? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time. That's it. why I say that. It's a different time. No, it was a very different time. My, so my my father grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. To uh, a relatively rural area of mm. Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, that or at least suburban at, you know, a mix of that weird. It's it's back when suburbs kind of had like acres. And yeah. Shit, yeah. 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 I mean? yeah. Um, that said, he had no reason to behave the way he's behaved. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have to do this. Nobody was encouraging this. My grandparents weren't happy about it. But my boy, my boy made some choices and he really, like, stuck it out. That's amazing. I appreciate it. I mean, good. I mean, it's for the best. It's for the best because you book. You know what I mean? And that's the chosen part of you. You're booking. You're booked and blessed. For sure. You know how much a Cheerios commercial loves a curly haired, vaguely black person? Oh, man. They they love that to just put you in a commercial and they can't quite tell you got a Bruno Mars energy to you. Oh, they love that. Except they don't want to see where you came from because you remember there was that Cheerios commercial with the inter- interracial couple. Yes. and people got angry. They were up in arms. They were they couldn't believe that this this clearly biracial child in fact had two different race parents. They were so mad. It was so wild, but it's just like so interesting. Again, it kind of goes back sometimes like. Like symbolism to me um, or expectations around concepts. What I'm saying is, what did you want Cheerios to do for you? Like, right. I don't have an attachment to what Cheerios is meant to represent. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? How, how invested are you in capitalism <laughs> that, <laughs> that the way they sell it to you yeah. matters? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just... You just want Cheerios. You either dates. like the shit or you don't exactly. like the shit. You don't need them to sell it to you in the exact way that, like, it, it's like uh, being angry at the magic trick for not doing it the way you would have done it. It's like, <laughs> bitch, the the dove came out. Just enjoy that. <laughs> dove came out. It's yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But okay, so Andy likes it. Or warm. Yes, he, he likes he to be warm. We're on a same, we're on the same temperature page, which I think is crucial to any relationship lasting. Yes, he, I believe that. I think if you are not on the same temperature page with your partner, it's mm-hmm. going to cause problems. I do think that that's very true. My wife and I, uh, similarly, I get very cold very easily, but I also prefer it colder in the house because I think that like it, you sleep better when you're mm-hmm. like 
naked and afraid kind of energy. You know what I mean? Like just that cold outside and you're you're tucked in and you yeah. can't move. That's that good sleep that I prefer. Really? Yeah. See, I hate that because like that feeling when as soon as you move, you like hit a cold spot in the bed. You know what I mean? And then like I feel it, like it wakes me up. I'm I'm like very warm all the time. That's like part of why I don't like LA. I sweat like Whitney, R.I.P. Like <laughs> naturally. Like I'm very much like 10 seconds outside, beaded upper lip. Okay. That's I how you. I am in the world. And to be so, clear, Whitney's sweat wasn't natural. That was that I, was a different kind of, of sweat. I am aware, but I shared her affliction without her addiction. Sure. There it is. There it is. Um but at the same time, I feel like I have such a narrow window of comfort. Like, I don't want to be cold. But, like, to me, the best temp is, like, 73. Oh, so, oh, you're going. Oh, that's hot. What? For me, we're at 69. You're doing that's, a 69. So you, and, you, and not just because we're nasty, but also <laughs> because that's the preferred temperature that's that we like. That's the temp. That's the temp. I like to be warm. And then, like, I'm in my house. I'm in a short, a tee, a little flip-flop. You know what I okay. mean? Like I like to be, yeah. Like I don't know. I've got to be. I've got to be toasty. I like I a breeze, you. but then also I don't know. I wake up like in in a cold sweat every morning, so yeah. <laughs> that could be another issue. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not sure that that is uh, related at all. That feels <laughs> like uh, trauma, maybe. I don't know that that trauma has anything to do with the temperature. You probably be sweating through that either way. <laughs> Okay, so you guys have a shared temperature. You're comfortable. This is something that I do genuinely, before we go to commercial, and this is very important for me to understand. Do you think that when people were saying they weren't cold, Mm -hmm. that they meant it? I absolutely do. Mm -hmm. I absolutely do. They, honey, I think they were just walking so carefree. You know how when it's actually physically cold, you tend to kind of tighten your body up. If it's uh-huh. windy, you sort of, you know, put your head down. Yeah. And they, it was like a summer day for them. Sure. Just walking <laughs> leisurely, head to the sun. And that's how I was like, oh, you mu- this is not a game. And like also to wear shorts every day, right. you know, and then just be like, yeah, this is fine. And right. You know, Well, that's my fear is like I and part of the reason I ask, I guess, is because I do know that as a high school kid, there were things I did that I just made. It was my thing. Right. Right. right, right. So what you don't want to be is like, well, I wore shorts last winter. So now I'm the shorts kid in the wintertime kind of thing. (laughs) Like we had this this dude, Coach Hopkins. He's dead. R.I.P. Coach Hopkins, Coach Hopkins and Whitney. And Whitney. Both of them. I hope they're hanging out together. <laughs> but and Herman Kane. I hope Herman Kane, <laughs> Whitney, and Coach Hopkins are all having drinks together <laughs> in heaven. That said, Coach Hopkins used to wear shorts every single day in Chicago in oh the my, wintertime. Oh my God. And, and we would be like, Hop, why are you, why? And he's like, <laughs> oh man, I got diabetes. I can't feel nothing in my legs. And so like <laughs> that, that wow. made sense where it was like, oh, that's a very clear explanation, but also shorts just became your brand. Right. So you're, you're mixing these two things. But when you're a kid, there's no explanation and it just is branding is like, I'm the mess shorts kid. And everybody's <laughs> like, I, I guess so, Dylan. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, what a world. You, you believe them. Oh, fully, like, fully, yeah. fully, fully. Like those, that was comfort. That was comfort. It wasn't fashion. And it was just, I'm haunted by it. It's haunting yeah. to me. I'm also the kind of person who, though, like, I'm the kind of person who's like, I'm cold, put on a coat. Like, when I see somebody, like, not dressed right, mm-hmm. I get very, like, maternal energy of, like, 
are you okay? Do you want right. a sweater? Like, I don't like, yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. get you inside with some Campbell's soup, baby. <laughs> exactly. This is this is out of hand. Exactly. Okay, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with more Naomi and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And we are back. Yeah, we're back here with more Naomi Ekberg more My Mama Told Me. We're still talking about these chilly-ass white people, cold to their bones, as it was once presented to Naomi from her mom. Did your mom uh, not know? You said she's from Detroit. Was she from like a black? I mean, most yeah, Detroit, Detroit in the sixties was black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But then she went to University of Michigan, right? So oh hell yeah, was me like, too. Oh, did you? Yeah. So yeah. that was her like intro, I think, to white folks, and sure. that's what she was saying because she was like, they would. Just, she's like, people would just walk across campus in mm-hmm. Ann Arbor yeah. with like nothing on or yes. you know very little. So that was, I think, what started her on that. And she was like, I will carry this lesson for my child yes. to one day. <laughs> have to carry to her all white stuff. Uh, <laughs> all right. I did a bunch of research on this subject that Wonderful. I want to run past you. And Thank I you. see uh, if any of this sort of clicks with you. Feel free to jump in at any point and certainly feel free to correct any of this that doesn't sit <laughs> right. You having a white partner might uh, be more knowledgeable about some of these subjects <laughs> than even the Google searches that I do. But what I started with, and this is probably problematic, I started my research by looking up, are white people cold-blooded? <laughs> that, that's what I went with for the beginning because I wasn't sure how to phrase this. Yep. And 
Apparently they're not. Apparently okay. that's only lizards and uh, fish, <laughs> I think, but they're not cold-blooded. But a study did show that the average human temperature for men and women is around like 36.86 degrees Celsius, plus or minus 0.23 Why are degrees. you bringing me Celsius in America? Hey, we're they in put America. It, <laughs> they put it in Celsius, and I didn't have the effort in me to go fix it. God damn it. I don't know what 36.8 degrees Celsius means. <laughs> I feel like it's, what are we, like 98.6? Isn't that yeah, that's what the about. Listerine commercials used to say? <laughs> you remember those commercials? I don't remember Listerine talking about your body temperature. Okay, this is what they said. They would say the average human mouth is 98.6 degrees. And then they would put some Listerine in there and they'd be like, now it's cool as fuck. Drink (laughs) Listerine. Okay, so the average temperature around 36.86 degrees Celsius. I'm so sorry. That's fine. But this is what's interesting is that the study was originally done because they were trying to see if men and women differed in terms of like their temperatures and white men and white women generally do not differ significantly Mm -hmm. however there was a big difference between black and white women black women having 0.13 degrees celsius higher temperatures on average than white women well that feels like it makes sense you know what i mean karens are cold you know what i mean (laughs) when you said are they cold-blooded i said absolutely i wonder if it's just the nordic roots right Uh is it the nordic roots they come from the cold climate originally so of course they're just naturally prepared you know for the ice age yes that like okay you grew up in this even uh ancestral ancestrally ancestrally yeah Yeah. so that's always in you i mean you can also just tell like by the fact that like i remember when i was little little Mm -hmm. like elementary school i remember saying like how could white people be the master race when they turn colors in the sun Uh uh-huh and it's like because you know how when you see like um a white person who does you know live in a hot climate they become just red and leathery Uh, and the skin can't cope the skin can't cope right which leads me to believe it's not meant to be sure you know what i mean like you're not you're not built for that sun to be beating this down. This was on you. never yours. You you were meant to be in a high mountain where exactly. uh, where the air is thin and, <laughs> and the wind is chill. Yes. You know what I mean? Like just uh, this is the opposite of the place that you're supposed to be. Yes, and it's only because of colonization that you even brought yourself down here in the first place. Exactly, exactly. You belong <laughs> in a fjord. You know <laughs> what? A fjord. <laughs> Like one of those um, Swedish, Norwegian, just cold, oh, sure. watery areas. Uh, that's I, that specific, cold, watery. I thought of an Ikea uh, desk <laughs> of some kind. Well, they um, also belong in an Ikea desk. Sure. You belong in a in a watery field with an Ikea desk in front of you. <laughs> just stay the fuck out of Africa. That's not yours. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because historically right when we're sort of looking at the biological uh transitions of where whiteness comes from Mm -hmm. apparently humans started off with pretty like neutral skin tones much Mm -hmm. like myself Mm -hmm. that uh (laughs) we were because we we were sort of uh born from apes if you want to have that argument i'm happy to do it but because (laughs) we're born from apes uh we were jesus made me i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) god put me down here (laughs) (laughs) he put me down here two thousand years ago there was nothing before that there's nothing else to talk about 
Uh, so apparently because we're born from chimps, we basically had these neutral skin tones and fewer sweat glands. Mm -hmm. And then as a part of evolution, melanin was introduced because we started shedding the hair. Right. right? So mm -hmm. we're losing the body hair, which means our skin is now more exposed right. to sunlight, which means we need melanin to be able to reject the sun right. from beating right. the shit out of us. Exactly. Right. So then people start traveling. They're going in different directions. And basically a bunch of white people essentially evolved because uh, they their skin now needed a way to quickly absorb vitamin D and folate. Exactly. So you go to these other places where sun is less prominent and because black skin rejects the sun, you know, white skin absorbs all of it kind of thing. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. uh, needed a way to absorb it quickly, which to your point is why they burn so easily uh, in these right. warmer They climate. can't take it. But if you think about so many of the places, it's not simply right. Like when you think about uh, Russia, Alaska, like any any of those places where like it's also dark half the year. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's also like they only get a couple hours of sun, so they really got to take it in. Yeah. Because it's not like the sun is out for more than four hours. I went to Sweden once, and we went, and it was probably end of April, and that's like when it was sunny. And like the mm -hmm. sun didn't go down until about 3 a.m. Right. And then, came, and then came back up again at 7. And like <laughs> it wasn't – it was still um, cold, but it was sunny. Uh -huh. People were out. Like, they were losing their fucking minds. Just right. t-shirt. Because they're like, the sun! Like, they were just so I happy. must absorb. I need this power. There's no telling <laughs> when it'll be back. And I was like, okay, give me my parka. I'm just like, I still need a puffy. I still need a puffy. But they were living. Because I'm like, from where they're from. And that's like when I get it, right? Like, I, it mm -hmm. felt like a very foreign land. And I was like, you know what? You get, like, sun for three months out the year. Yes. I get it. I get it. And You're I respect it. More importantly, I respect it. You stayed where you belonged. Your <laughs> white skin belonged in this white climate yeah. where white skin functions best. And you celebrate when that 34 degree sun <laughs> beams down on yes. you. And you're like, yeah, this is great. And it's perfect for the flesh that I was provided by my ancestors. Do you also think it has something to do with the ability to hide from predators? If you are alabaster mm. and you're living in a land full of snow, <laughs> is that part of it? Is that part of it that you could just kind of blend into the snowstorm? I have to assume that it was part of it. I, I mean, we are the color of the sand and the, you know, the dirt sure. and, and think sure. that we dirt feels. Uh, sure, I can lean up against a pyramid. You won't see me anymore. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> I painted these to... stripes on my body already. <laughs> I'm built to be next to a pyramid. No, this I, is I so do... crazy. How about how many have you started getting hate mail yet? Or oh, people I... yelling about how we're dividing the world? I pray to God that we do. I <laughs> I was saying it to, to Nikki the other day that nothing would make me happier than Fox News picking this up <laughs> and just just having a field day. <laughs> With everything that we're suggesting, that white people are somehow built for uh, <laughs> snow so they can hide from leopards. Oh, that's, that would be spectacular if they get furious about this. God, fingers crossed. <laughs> so one of the things that, that happens uh, and one of the things that they talk about in particular with like this dealing with the cold for white people and for black people as well, one of the things that they said is that there aren't that many biological differences between white and black people, mm -hmm. but 
in terms of the way we handle temperature and climate, it has way more to do with acclimating than it does with biology. Okay. Meaning if you are, if you are sitting there thinking that you are a, a cold person, a Mm -hmm. person that can handle the cold, then you're probably more capable of handling it. Right. Somebody who is being taught that like, you're a warm person, you need to be in a warm climate. Interesting. So you think it's some sort of um, an assertion of white power to be in the cold? Okay, now we're talking. (laughs) Now you've got my ear because I do think that some of this has been weaponized, right? Yes. That like if you tell a bunch of people that they are warm climate people, even though Africa is a very diverse uh, continent with Mm -hmm. lots of different types of environments – fucking you know there's all kinds of people that live in all kinds of ways in this giant piece of land Mm -hmm. if you tell everybody they're warm and they they need to be in warmth and then take them away from that warmth and keep them in these cold places they're naturally going to start to question you know if they can handle it if they're physically capable well it's such also a marker of um you don't belong here. Like, do you know, I can't think of a specific movie, but do you know that trope, for instance, of like the white explorer who goes to some jungle land, goes somewhere mm-hmm. forward, and then he's always like sweating and like dabbing himself with a rag. Yes. Like he can't take it. He doesn't yes. belong in this <laughs> savage land. And I think uh-huh. it's like the same thing. If you're, if you're telling people, you know, we're going to bring you someplace that is so different. However, but here, here's the thing though. Think okay. about it. When they brought people over from Africa, they started in the South. They right. started bringing them someplace. You know what I mean? Like, and that's also where you still have. Well, I, you could argue that's acclimation, right? That's how you get them from. Okay, we took you from a warm climate, so we'll bring you to a warm climate where to your get body you started. will get you started. But then, uh-huh. if you want to escape from us, you'll freeze to fucking death. <laughs> right, right, right. To literally run away from the environment we brought you into, that's your true. body is not built for handling it. Well, also, not just that your body's not built for handling it. We haven't given you the tools to handle it because there if go. you're out there, honey, if you and the south you out picking cotton you're barefoot with a tunic right Mm -hmm. and then if you want to go north it's like we gotta get you some uggs we gotta get you a knitted cap you Uh don't have it you don't have it yeah they didn't send you off with that knit cap you had to know how to knit that yourself and you had to to have been educated enough and sort of savvy enough to know that you were going to need to encounter knit cap weather did you think harriet tubbs had had a stash of caps (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like part of the railroad. She was like, all right, we're going to stop over here and get you on, on our way to the Montreal Jazz Festival. We're, we're going to stop and get you some some shoes. Hold on. Before we keep going, we got to hit this hat store real quick. <laughs> you guys are going to be weirded out by this, but uh, your ears are going to get cold. That's something that you you haven't prepared for. I know you haven't been up here, Joseph, but I exactly. swear to God, your ears get cold after we walk a few more hundred feet. Oh, uh, It's true. Even though they're underground. You're freezing. (laughs) You're freezing. (laughs) Got to get your hats. So I started researching specifically how many people freeze to death every year. Assuming that that most people that freeze to death were going to be like white hikers and Uh like uh, Siberian prisoners. I thought it would be a lot of like that. But it turns out that uh, actually about 1,330 people die every year from... Uh, cold exposure or freezing wow. to death in the U.S. Right? Yeah, 
But here's what surprised me is that a lot of it is actually coming from cities. That it's it's a fair amount of it. Most of it is from like rural areas, but a big portion of it's coming from cities. Seventy five percent of the people that are freezing yeah. to death are outside when it happens. Yes, twenty five percent are in their homes or in enclosed area when they freeze to death. Oh my god. Because right. they don't have heat. Because America's a third world country. There we go. Now, oh, come on now. Now you're talking that talk. Because <laughs> I think what we're seeing is is like a very, back to your point about this being a tool of white supremacy, right? Is we're seeing actual evidence that white people are, at least through their own acclimation, more capable of handling the cold. And then they're freezing a bunch of brown and black people and poor people out. Yeah, right? yeah. You're putting them in environments where they can't. It's in the Northeast and the Midwest where it gets fucking freezing every, right. you know, September. And then you're just like letting them die. Well, it's also because, you know, legally, at least in New York, which is what I know, legally, your landlord does not have to turn on heat, I believe, until November 1st. That's it right. might actually be. It could be October 1st. But one of I those. Think it's, but the- I, I think it's November 15th. Is is legally when they have to turn on the heat. This and is what I'm saying. So yeah. first of all, you got a goddamn turkey on the table, and you uh-huh. ain't got no heat. <laughs> that don't make no sense. That's not right. It's not right. And you, a New Yorker, me, a person from Chicago, we both know that November's too late. It's too I late. already froze. It's, it's already snapped. It's already snapped. It's snapped. If Halloween at the latest, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? At the very latest. But usually, like, top of, I mean, you know, now we got some good old global warming. But, honey, I'm telling you, you'd be freezing. Or also, like, you don't even need a lot. Like, it's not like, oh, winter has started. All you need is, like, a week of cold temperatures to die. Like, it it doesn't take long. So, yeah. And and here's the crazier part. November 15th is when they start, right? And they legally have to keep your heat on. March 15th is when they ha- no longer have legally to have to keep your heat on. In fucking March in Chicago, oh, still. that's maybe our coldest month. <laughs> it's like 40 degrees, right? Like it would right. still be. 40? It's yeah. fucking 20 sometimes in March. We we don't break winter until July 4th in Chicago. <laughs> that is our measurement. I don't celebrate the holiday. That's the break of winter in the city I'm from. <laughs> And so, you know, you're in theory creating parameters to say we are being humane. We're treating people with like decency. But the reality is you're freezing them to death. Right. Right. Or, exactly. Uh, yeah. Because who owns these properties? You know, white people. Exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. I didn't need to say it. It was known. <laughs> I don't know if it is known, but I'll say it right now. White people, you own the stuff and you're freezing us to fucking death. <laughs> and I think it's on purpose. Here's where it gets even crazier is I started looking up because, you know, obviously exactly what you're saying about like the idea that, you know, you could be frozen in your own home because the heat isn't turned on. But then I started looking up evictions, right? Mm-hmm. How how legal is it to evict someone in the middle of the winter? winter. Yeah. And apparently it's totally legal. Oh, yeah. That like as long as you give them the notice, the proper notification, it doesn't matter what time of year it is in any kind of cold. Yep. So not yep. only are people being frozen in their homes, they're then being sent out into the streets to presumably freeze in much more uh, dastardly, terrible <laughs> ways. 
I know. I know. It's interesting because, like, you know what you were saying, too? What are those conditions under which people freeze and you assumed it would be, like, the Siberian mm-hmm. prisons and stuff? Actually, here's what I think a lot of it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It is drunk people passing out outside. Yes. That is what it is. It is, like, people who were walking from the bar in winter. You know, uh-huh. people who think, like, a little booze will warm me up just a tipple. <laughs> you know? And then... They, like, walk and they go and they, you know what I mean? They can fall, they can slip, they can hit their head, whatever happens. But it's, like, fucking 20 degrees. And then overnight, they freeze. They're frozen. And so that's it. I'm so glad you said that because that brings me to another part of the research. Because the thing that they talk about is freezing to death actually isn't even as common as it seems like it would be. What is common is something called cold exposure. Dying from cold exposure or injuries based on cold exposure, which is exactly what you're talking about. I get super fucked up. I I go out. I don't feel the cold quite as much as I would have. Mm -hmm. And then I get frostbite or I get a more dramatic injury, hit my head, whatever it is. So I don't die on the spot from that. Right. I die from the other condition that was involved in this. And so they say people would like. Uh, with blood pressure issues or people with pre-existing conditions often are going to the hospital for uh, what is ultimately them freezing to death, but it's mm-hmm. not being identified that way. Okay. Because just like, oh, this is shutting down, but it wasn't shutting down just because your body was shitty. It's right. shutting down <laughs> because you were exposed to these extreme temperatures that your body couldn't handle. And now all your organs are like, fuck it, I'm out. I know. I developed asthma when I was 26. Did not have it as a kid. Jeez. Have it now. And what, is, what I learned, and I'm, I still learn the different things that kind of will trigger me. And one of the things that will, all, will give me an asthma attack is usually going from hot to cold, mm-hmm. cold to hot. And I mean, like, literally, like, to go from, you know, in your warm house out in winter. If, mm-hmm. it's, if it's really cold like that, like windy and stuff, my whole chest tightens up. Yeah. And it's like a literally, like, an instant thing. And it's just like a... My body's just reacting to the fact that it's fucking freezing and it just like tightens. And then it's just like, okay, well, okay, we're going to wait this out. We're going to see right. what we can do about it or like get into, you know, like kind of like I was thinking, I said that walk to the subway from my uh-huh. house to the train. And then like kind of if I get on the train, I can kind of regulate again. You hit your pump, you you, exactly. you gather yourself, you're fine. <laughs> and, to, and to your point, thank God you have the resources to know to walk to the train, to be able to pay for the money, to get on the train, to be right. able to get yourself to a warm place. When a lot of people, in fact, are not equipped with these resources, are coming from an already uh, cold environment to mm-hmm. an even colder one, yes. are suffering from asthma or whatever it is, and then just sort of having to to die because of you know these right. shitty circumstances. I know. I know. And so ultimately, and this is the scariest part of all of it, I'm so sorry that this uh, stopped being funny and turned into us just criminalizing. It, that's the comedic journey. Okay. <laughs> well, this is Nanette. And I love it. We need to do so, it sometimes. So the, the even more terrifying part of this is that uh, army data that was sort of collected because there's not a lot of data on this shit because white people don't want to do this research. But <laughs> army data suggests that black people are 2.2 to four times more likely to experience cold based injuries. Really? Mm-hmm. Four times more That's likely. wild. 
So in essence, if I could summarize everything that we've sort of gathered here, and you made the point before I even got to it, is that white people created a system that allows for us to freeze to death intentionally. Wow, 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 wow. This podcast is huge. <laughs> this podcast is huge. Dismantling, okay, dismantling. I don't, I don't know that I'm dismantling. I think I just blame white people for stuff every week. I, oh, you, you know. must. You must. <laughs> you must keep them accountable, during, especially during the Caucasian awakening. That's what I call this time now. Them, like, I love that. Because suddenly they were all at home and could watch the George Floyd video. And we're like, what? Right. They've just, they've woken up. It's a Caucasian well, that was awakening. A, I think that was the weird part about all of it before was like, they could have watched a million George yes. Floyds before yes. this. But like you said, they weren't at home. They, <laughs> they were busy. They were out on the town. They were, they were on the enjoying town. themselves. And now everybody's just at home. It's like, hey, have y'all seen this video? <laughs> Apparently, this has been happening the whole time. The whole time. We got to get out there. We got to get out there. I don't have to be at work. Why don't we just go out and protest? Brunch is closed, so I might as well protest. Hello. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break and then we'll be back with more Naomi and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And we are back. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, we're back. We're back here with more Naomi Ekparrigan. More my mama told me. We're still talking about you evil, evil white people and how you've been planning to freeze black people to death as a form <laughs> of supremacy. We figured it all out. We got you. We got you. You're caught. You dirty scoundrels, you, you're <laughs> caught. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, I want to play a game. This is okay. a, a fun game that I like to call White, White Lies. No one told you that was gonna be this way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is amazing. Did you know Andy actually, we watched Friends on Netflix. We rewatched it. I had never seen it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we started keeping a um, a visual uh, what would you call it? A visual journal, I guess, of every black person that inter <laughs> appears on Friends yeah. interacts, though. Okay, that doesn't mean you're just like a background. You have right. to actually have lines. You have to engage with the friends in some way. Yeah. Um, and it was um, Aunt Viv was on it. Aunt uh, Viv was Chandler's skin, boss. Light skin. Yeah, dark Aunt Viv. Dark Aunt Viv. Good Aunt Viv. Yes, and then um, Sherry Shepard oh, worked with Ross. You know, obviously Aisha Tyler Gabrielle Union. I didn't know Gabrielle Union was on there. No, as a I lover. only knew Aisha Tyler as the Gabrielle lover. Union. But see, the thing: if you got to interact with a friend, mm-hmm. your career took off. All oh, right, shit. your career took off if you interacted and really yeah. got some screen time. That was it for you. That wow. was it for you. That was that that little friend's bump that yep. you needed to become you a big Hollywood star. That's what you needed. Wow. Okay, this is a good question for you. How did you feel watching Friends? Because I personally, and I'll just say this before you even tell me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally despised the show. Yeah, I really didn't. I really didn't like the show. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, at the time, because I remember when it first came out, like it was very popular in school and everyone would talk about it. So I like started to kind of watch it towards the end because I was like, I kind of want to know what's happening. But I will say it actually also got worse and harder the older they got. Like yeah. there were some of the first couple seasons where you're like, okay, we're having fun. And then it gets to a point where it's like, you fucking grown. Yeah. Like Chandler has a real job. Why the hell he living with a roommate? Right. In this ugly why, ass apartment. Why are y'all 35 and still like doing this? Yes. Get it together. It Aspire also, for more. And also like, Ross, you have a child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there were just some times where I just felt like, you're a father. Get it together. Yeah, this friendship should not mean this much to you. Maybe fatherhood is the better. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. And, and then also Rachel. Okay, honey, she's all about weaponizing those white tears. Okay, she was just I, like a white woman who would, Jennifer Anderson, she would just cry. Rachel would just cry. And it was always just like, oh my God. Like they are, and yeah. Monica, such a Karen, so type A, uh-huh. needed stuff her way, running the show. I was like, the only one I can kind of get with sometimes is Phoebe, but then she became too dumb. Okay. Like, again, the way she was, like, hippie initially, she then became, like, a total ditz. And yeah. it was just like, okay. So that was my long answer, because obviously when you watch the whole season back-to-back, you have thoughts. Sure. I I will say that I appreciate your answer in that I watched the pilot, and I was like, nope, and never... <laughs> I never invested again. I was like, this shit ain't for me. There's yeah. some goofy white shit that I like. <laughs> I And I like goofy white shit. I, yeah. I, listen, I am of goofy whites. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. Like, above that. Right, right, right. this one was Bless this mess. Yeah, bless this. I love it. Bless Had a mess. great time making Bless This Mess, but, but it's a type of goofy white that I'm just like, this is harmless, whatever. Yes. But when you create a New York City that's entirely white. That has no and, black people? Yeah. Yeah. And like just, Sex in the City as well. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Except for Blair Underwood showed showed up for a hot minute. Yeah. And, and it was what just a, like, what? What a In-world timeless, world. sexy man who deserves better than to be uh, belittled. I know. To I know. Sex in the City. Can you believe? Sick. <laughs> Sick, but it's also oh. like he's the black guy that they all knew. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like from LA Law. Like they were like, is Blair Underwood around? Right. <laughs> like, ladies, <laughs> ladies, there are more. 
<laughs> well, we simply must have Blair Underwood. And it's like, no, nah, you can have somebody else. It doesn't have to be Blair Underwood. Get Lil Boosie in Sex in the City. Exactly. Let's see what happens when Lil Boosie and what's her name? Charlotte have to have to share a, a <laughs> scene <Charlotte>. together. <laughs> and Lil Boosie's like, show me your pussy for $25. And then Charlotte's like, all right. All right, I don't know how to do this scene no more. That's a good show. We're going to reboot it. All right, uh, White Lies, this is the game. I am going to present to you a very celebrated or at least highly believed conspiracy theory in the white community. I would like for you to take a second to unpack exactly why this conspiracy theory is so widely supported by white people. Why does this conspiracy theory mean so much to them? What are these sneaky motherfuckers up to? Okay. Yes. Got it? I'm ready. Hell yeah. Okay. So apparently at Mount Rushmore, which has been in the news quite a bit lately Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. lately because our our fantastic leader is going to get his face up there and we're all super excited about it. (laughs) Mount Rushmore has been in the news and apparently behind Lincoln's head, there's an 18 foot chamber. A, a compartment that mm-hmm. uh, that the builder, who was a uh, white supremacist, mm-hmm. that's worth noting, built for keeping stuff behind Lincoln's head. Uh-huh. And they have been using that chamber for keeping apparently secret documents. And okay. white people for years have speculated about what those secret documents are. They claim that they're like secrets of the, the government knowing about terrorist attacks before they happen and all these like just maniacal evil details that they're hiding from the American public. Mm-hmm. That being said, why do you think white people are so obsessed with the chamber hidden in Mount Rushmore? Wow. 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 That is, uh, that is so, I've never heard that before. So I'm so surprised by this. Um, why are they obsessed with the chamber inside Mount Rushmore? Um, because they love themselves so much. Mm-hmm. They believe that, even their statues have to be doing double duty. It's not <laughs> enough to just to just be rock, okay? Sure. You've got to also be a secure, like a chest. You've got to also be a closet. You've got to also hold even more power, all right? right? It's not just the face of Lincoln staring down on the natives. Inside is the real stuff. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That makes sense. I like that. That's called motherfucking bars, nigga. You know nothing about that. I like that a lot. That that actually, <laughs> I think that that does feel so much like the way white people see themselves in the world, right? That it's yes. not just, oh, we are good, therefore we erect a statue of ourselves. It's that that statue must also hold its own power. Much yes. power, maybe as strong, if not more powerful than the figure that it was erected out of. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a it's a type of mania almost. Where it's well, like, most certainly it's a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Most certainly it's a mania. Most certainly it's a sickness, an unwillingness to look within, even though they invented therapy. You know? Sure. So and wild. there's literally a chamber inside to look inside of I that know. you could say is empty and be like, ah, we got to do some work and fill this with something substantial. And instead they speculate, right. like, oh, this is where the the true secrets are hidden. Was Lincoln shot in the head or he was, was he shot, shot in the head? I yeah. wonder if that's also what they're trying to do. Maybe. It's like we put it in his head. 
You think he was shot? No, right. that's just we're just getting started. Uh huh. <laughs> he was shot in the head, and apparently, uh, because of how shitty police and and just Secret Service was back then, the dude John Wilkes Booth shot him in the head, and then had a, enough time to yell out some cool shit on a stage because yeah. he was an actor. Yeah, he yelled out some cool shit, and then he rode off on a horse <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. y'all just watch this the president of imagine watching the president of the united states get shot in the face oh i wish finishing the play <laughs> i'm like god could it happen now i kept hoping when pence went to hamilton i was like which sure. one of you guys are gonna be a booth that's just a cool... do what you have to do <laughs> <laughs> okay I think we did it. I think we nailed it all down. I think this was spectacular. You were wonderful as anticipated. Naomi, can you tell the people where where they can find you? Any cool stuff you have going on? Well, honey, it's we're in a pandemic, so nothing of note. Um, even though you might appreciate that I did a Twitch show hosted by T Pain where (laughs) I did comedy and he played Fortnite. (laughs) So that's what I'm doing in the choir. But come visit me on Instagram at Blacktress Comedy. That's where I'm really thriving. Twitter's for revolutions. I don't have that kind of energy right now. So visit me on Insta. (laughs) Check out Couples Therapy Pod. Episodes drop every Tuesday. That's beautiful. I Wait, I have to know more about this T-Pain situation. Was he nice? Was he kind? He didn't really interact with me. You know, he played Fortnite with like different guests and then there would be breaks where there would be sketches and comedy. And I did a little stand up. I got you. Um, you know, it's always in quotes now in choir. Yeah, um, and none of us are uh, doing the art we believe in anymore. I mean, can you imagine how bad we're going to be when we finally get up in front of people? Whew. I did an outdoor show. I've only done one. You did it. I did it. And, uh, did you touch the mic to your lip? They gave us like separate uh, mic covers. covers and, uh, you know, everybody had masks and were socially distanced outside. It, yeah. it was in a o- big open park. So it uh-huh. had all the the cookings right. for the thing. But then you just remember that like, oh, man, there's a pond behind me. And like, <laughs> maybe we should just go do that. You know what I mean? Like, maybe we should just go watch frogs leap and like yeah. be whole in nature. Like, I don't. <laughs> What the fuck am I telling you about, you know, my wife gets on my nerve? Like, who the fuck cares, man? Like, the <laughs> world is dying and there's there's a beautiful scene yeah. behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. <laughs> we're doing our I'm best. I'm performing in Ponds. You're performing in front of T-Pain. And, yeah. And um, neither one of us are happy about it. But this is... <laughs> This has been My Mama Told Me, and uh, you can like and subscribe and do all the cool things you do to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.